Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest is my mother, Brenda. Hello. And today we are discussing Chapter 9 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. In Chapter 9, the whole crew is at Southerton. They go through the house, which Fanny finds lovely and Miss Crawford finds tedious. They visit the chapel and it's revealed that Edmund is going to be ordained as a clergyman and the talk of Mariah and Mr. Rushworth getting married also throws up emotions. And then they go for a walk outside, which was the whole point of the visit, to look at the outside. Then they go into the little wilderness and Fanny gets tired and needs to sit down and is abandoned by Edmund and Miss Crawford. Poor Fanny. She is often abandoned. So the last chapter ended with them pulling up to the door of Southerton. This one details the entrance and then they go and sit down and have food and they're trying to figure out how to get around and have a look at everything outside. They're talking about potentially using a carriage to do so, but they can't come to any agreement on this. Then Mrs. Rushworth suggests that they show people around the house because Fanny and Miss Crawford haven't seen it before. Miss Crawford listens civilly while Fanny attended with unaffected earnestness. She's so sweet. And then they get to the chapel. So it used to be a thing that the great houses had family chapels. And Fanny is talking about how it's such a shame that they stopped having prayers every day in the family chapel. Miss Crawford was definitely not in favour of any of that. Every generation has its improvements. <laughs> She goes on to say, everybody likes to go their own way, to choose their own time and manner of devotion. This struck me as a little bit weird because I'm surprised that Miss Crawford goes to church at all or has any of these sort of beliefs, considering the way that she acts and her modern ideas. But I'm guessing it was still an expected thing of the time period that you still went to church, you still believed in God, this was the way that you did things, therefore she didn't really have a choice. The way that she talks about it makes me wonder if she did actually have any of the beliefs and just followed the things that she had to do because it was required. Yeah, I agree, because she's very negative about the whole thing, about the chapel and about praying and the servants were getting together and being told that they have to go and pray and, oh, how could they do that? She's very anti, I feel. We both had a little laugh about the former bells of the House of Rushworth starched up into seeming piety, but their heads full of something very different, mm -hmm. especially if the poor chaplain was not worth looking at. <laughs> yes. And then she goes on to say she is digging herself a hole here. In those days, I fancy Parsons were very inferior, even to what they are now. <laughs> just can't help herself. Oh, no. And she has no idea that she's digging herself a hole either. It's revealed because Julia is talking to Mr. Crawford and says, look at Mr. Rushworth and Mariah. They're right at the altar. They could just get married right now. Uh, Mr. Crawford uses the occasion to flirt with Mariah again and says, I do not like to see Miss Bertram so near the altar. And then says that he would give her away very awkwardly. He's basically saying he doesn't want her to get married when her fiancé is right there. 
Then Julia says, Edmund, if you were ordained, you could marry them. And Miss Crawford has a um, reaction. She gets very flustered and then just says, by way of explanation, if I had known this before, I would have spoken of the cloth with more respect and changes the topic. She just cannot cope with it. Especially after she, as she's after Edmund. She well. is. Mm. Then after that, they go out onto the lawn. There's much more talking about what they should be doing and talking and talking and they can't decide. Then everyone's like, oh, look, there's a door and just walk out it. Julia gets stuck with Mrs. Rushworth. She was in a state of complete penance, had to restrain her impatient feet to that lady's slow pace. She does this because she's raised to be polite, but her education missed out all the other really important stuff, which means that she's now miserable doing this. She knows she has to do it, but she hates it. I feel for her. That happened to me once. I feel you missing out on everything. You got stuck talking to Mrs. Rushworth? <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody else. I had to stay with them, yes. That's painful. There are still rules of conduct. Yes, but then a lot of people these days feel that those rules are not for them and they flout them, whereas in this day and age... They didn't have a choice. No, no. That just shaped what they did and who they were. Edmund, Miss Crawford and Fanny are walking together and they go through a gate into the wilderness, as it's called, which is actually, you know, it's a planted wood. It's not quite that wild. And they bring up the conversation of Edmund becoming a clergyman again. And Miss Crawford says, is rather a surprise to me. And then goes on to say, basically, why the hell would you choose to do that? And he says, do you think the church itself never chosen then? She says, what is to be done in the church? Men love to distinguish themselves. Basically, you cannot be important if you're in the church. Mm-hmm. Edmund has a couple of very long speeches about this. Like talking about being in charge of all that is of first importance to mankind. We do not look in great cities for our best morality. There is not just fine preaching, but it also involves the private character of the clergyman and his general conduct. He talks about how the country is different from London, and that actually makes up the bulk of the population. Miss Crawford cannot see this, and says, The metropolis, I imagine, is a pretty fair sample of the rest. Which reminds me of something else she says, where something is generally thought, it is generally correct. Almost like she's not thinking for herself. I think, too, she's got to the stage where she's anti-people going to the chapel. There's all, all that... And then, of course, it comes up about him following the cloth. And I feel also that she's trying to cover that, still feeling the guilt from the way she spoke once she realised he was becoming a clergyman himself. She's just spouting off. But also, she wants to impress him. She feels that the way to do it is to carry on spouting forth. She just continues. She kind of puts her foot in it. Yeah. You really are fit for something better. Come, do change your mind. It is not too late. Hey, guy, I've only known a month or so. How about you change your entire career plans? And you could do it for me because I'm quite interested in you, but I'm not interested in you as a pastor. 
Fanny gets tired and Edmund beats himself up for being thoughtless and offers her his arm. Then he offers Miss Crawford his other arm, at which point he promptly forgets Fanny again. And then they have a conversation about how he forgot her when Miss Crawford was going riding all the time. And he beats himself up again, despite the fact that he is currently neglecting her. He's being swayed by Miss Crawford. Well, she's trying to, and he's, yeah, he's leading her a bit. And that's why Fanny, who's quiet and carries on, that's why he, she's just ignored to a degree. Miss Crawford is made a little bit of fun of. Uh, she says, a watch is always too fast or too slow. I oh. cannot be dictated to by a watch. Oh, yeah. And she's thinking that they've walked a mile and Edmund was not yet so much in love as to measure distance or reckon time with feminine lawlessness. I do love that term, of feminine lawlessness. But they're making fun of the fact that Miss Crawford can neither measure time or distance. She's based in nothing practical. Yes. What does she do? She comes across pretty? as a total airhead. I hadn't thought about that before, but I think you're right. Mm. No, I didn't think she was either, but in this chapter. They find a seat and they put Fanny on it to rest. They're still arguing about how far they've walked and they decide to go and measure it and leave Fanny alone. And she thinks of pleasure of her cousin's care, but he's just abandoned her. Again. Again. For Miss Crawford, again. Again, yeah. So not an awful lot actually happens in this chapter. Again, like the last chapter, not a lot actually happens, but we get a really good study of the interactions between characters. We finally get a much clearer view of Miss Crawford's ideas about things. She looks down on the church, but she's also quite serious about Edmund. And we see Edmund neglecting Fanny again. Again, we've still got the Mr. Crawford and Julia and Mariah and Mr. Rushworth love square. Would we call it a square? Mm. Mr. Rushworth isn't interested in Julia or Mr. Crawford. We'll call it a square. We get to see Julia's selfishness. Again, she's unhappy following her duty and being with Mrs. Rushworth. We see her attempting to flirt with Mr. Crawford, and he just uses it as a segue to flirt with Mariah again. I do believe, as you were saying before, that this is a chapter where a lot of personality traits come out, I feel. Just the interaction between the couples, the way Fanny's treated, the way Miss Crawford just tries to take over everything all the time as far as the three of them are concerned. That's probably the strongest conflict in there. And that is our summary of Chapter 9 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!